Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bringing in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. So how many of you love to travel? Man, I, I'd love it. I, 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 seriously, I think if I could live in a, a time where it didn't matter what you did at all, I'd get one of those tickets where you could just go around the world, go to ev wherever you want. I love it. I've actually been in 49 of the 50 states, all right? So when I was in college, I got to see almost all the South and the Midwest touring around with our college. And then right before we started our church in Detroit, my buddy Larry Boss and I, we did the whole East Coast. I've been out West with my friends. I've seen everything but Alaska. That's right. So if anybody wants to take me on a fishing trip, you know, make my life complete. That'd be great. Well, it's one thing, right, to travel and just to see things because you love it. It's another thing to travel for the purpose of seeing somebody. In fact, my buddy Larry that I did that, tr that, that trip with, he told me about his dad when he was dating his future wife. He actually lived in Tennessee and she lived in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And he would drive 24 hours straight to be with her for 12 and then he'd turn around and drive another 24 back. Now is that not insane? See, that's what you do before you're married, right? <laughs> because you will do anything because I've got to be with you. I tell you, you guys, it, it, it totally reminded me of the song. You, met, you guys know the song, The Proclaimers, by I'm Gonna Be? You guys know that, right? If, if you actually do know it, you probably don't know the title. It's the one that goes, when I wake up, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be. That's really bad. I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. Right? Remember the song? You guys remember the chorus? But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the man who walked a thousand miles to fall down at your door. 
right? Wow, okay. Thanks. Well, one of my greatest memories was Dan Ross, a good friend of mine. So I actually saw a lot of the West because of Dan. Dan and I took a road trip out here years ago when we were young. And at his wedding, it was one of my favorite moments ever at a, at a wedding reception. He set a chair in the middle of the banquet hall, and he stuck his wife Lynn in it. And then he started playing this song. And while the song was going on, all of us who were in the wedding party, man, we were just dancing, you know, around her and everything. And while we were dancing around Lynn, Dan literally ran around the banquet hall. He just kept running, and he just kept running, and he just kept running in circles around the banquet hall, and we're all dancing and dancing. And then at the end, he was over here, Lynn's sitting in the middle while we're dancing around. At the end, right at the end of the scene, he comes flying like this, and he comes in on slides on his knees all the way across the hall and lands right in front of her. Is that not a great moment? That is so cool. What was he saying? I'm going to do anything. I'll be this guy. I walk a thousand miles just to be with you. All right. Today, if you hear anything today, I believe and my hope is that you're going to hear Jesus Christ. If he could stand here today, he would let every one of you in this room know I'd do anything to be with you. I'll travel anywhere, I'll go to any length just to be with you. I hope you hear that today. And then, for those of us who are the church, okay, for those of us who we already know that, right? Jesus has slid on the floor and come right to us and said, I want you, and we said, yes, I do, right? <laughs> and the Bible even says, man, the church is the bride of Christ. Like, we said, I do. And we, if you are linked with Christ, so all of you guys who are in the church, today, you, I hope, will hear that people don't get to God without you. His whole idea of making this connection with people is through the church. So the picture, as you just heard, that we're going to look at today is that God uses, Jesus uses the picture of a banquet, about a banquet. We're going to look at three things this morning. We're going to look at the invitation to the banquet. Then we're going to look at this crazy reality that most people reject it. Most people reject the invitation to the banquet. And then we're gonna close by looking at Christ's command to the church, where he's gonna say, get people to my banquet. All right? So here's what I know. You're here, my guess would be, unless someone, unless you're being kind, and, which is great. I mean, if you're here and you just, for, at a friend's request, request, that's great. But I do know this, if you came at all on your own willingness today, you're here because you want to take one step closer to God. And here's the reality. God wants you to as well. He wants to get closer to you today. And so for some of you, you need to hear how much he wants to be with you, that part. And for the rest of you who already have Christ in you, if you really want to be closer to him, you've got to understand this radical purpose of his that every person he wants to get into relationship with himself. All right? So let's pray and let's ask God to speak to us this morning. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your great love for every one of us. We believe with all of our heart that you're here, that you are present in this room. And Lord, I do. I pray that you would help all of us
that you would open the eyes of our heart, that somehow in the deeper place of who we are, you'd open up this ability for us to see you, to really understand you. And God, some of us have such a cloudy view of you. Some of us have such a warped view of you. I pray that today you'd open up our heart and we'd understand you. And then, God, I pray as well for grace to hear you. I ask that you would speak to every person in this room what they need to hear from this beautiful story. And I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Here we go. Let's look at this invitation of Christ. So he, he shares this story in a setting where he's actually at a banquet, okay? He's actually sitting at a, at a table, and he's got this guy next to him, and the man asks him this question, or actually he makes a statement, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Now, we just need to understand, because we don't know the culture, it was standard Jewish thought. If you were Jewish, Everybody believed that the meal was actually a symbol of the end time celebration with God. When, God, when the culmination of history would come and the kingdom of God would be restored and God and his people would be together and he would reign, they, were say, they all believed it's going to be like a banquet, man. It's going to be like a feast. So they all believed that. That's why this guy said that. Oh, I can't wait for the day when we all get together and feast at the final banquet in the kingdom of God. So then in verse 16, Jesus answers him, and he starts this story. He says, a certain man was preparing a banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Now, can I just ask you a question? Who doesn't love a banquet? I mean, I mean who doesn't love a feast? I can tell you right now, someone invites me, I'm coming. Right? I mean, you don't have to ask me twice. I mean, look at this. Does this not look good? You notice the meat is front and center. Very, very important. You know, and then you've got to just... Pancakes are awesome. Anybody want some of this? No, sorry. No, this is for me. Seriously. Like, if somebody said, hey, Nelson, I want to prepare a feast for you. I'm showing up. This is fantastic, right? And so Jesus, here's what's so cool, is Jesus is saying, listen, I'm, trying to, I'm telling you a parable, I'm telling you a story, and I want you to understand something. If you actually will respond to me, I'm a feast. I taste great, right? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, man. And this, and, and, and like Julie said in the first service, whenever you eat a feast, man, you do it to fill yourself. This is supposed to be a great thing. And what Jesus tells us is that the kingdom of God, especially in heaven, look at this, Matthew 8, 8 11, Jesus says, I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, he's trying to let us know, you guys, when this is said and done and you come hang out with me, it's going to be a feast and you get to hang out with who knows. I wonder if we're going to have like those little name plates, right? You're going to show up and, and if Jesus is the one who says, yeah, Nelson, yeah, he needs to sit next to Moses. Oh, sweet, right? <laughs> or, or if we get to, I don't know what it's going to be like, but we're going to get to hang out with some amazing people and he wants you to know it's going to be a joy. It's going to be a celebration. It's going to be abundance. You are going to be so satisfied. Come on, man, this is the kingdom of God. And Jesus, now here's what's interesting. He gets done sharing the story, right? And then at the end of it, it's not just a story. 
he says this, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. See, he's not, he's not just trying to share a story here. He's actually sharing a reality. And, and, and it's him. This is his purpose, you guys. The radical purpose of Jesus Christ is he wants every person to experience absolute beauty, fulfillment, satisfaction in a relationship with him. Come to me, and it's a banquet. He wants to be with you. And I want to just say again, this is why he wants every person to be with him. And that's why at K2 we say all the time, we are committed to helping every person get one step closer to the spiritual reality of this right here. Now, he goes on, he says, a certain man was preparing a great banquet. Now, my wife Susie and I, one of our favorite things to do, we love throwing dinner parties, we really do. But I can tell you something about throwing a dinner, how many of you have thrown dinner parties, okay? You know this, right? It's a lot of work. In fact, no, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care how long. We'll go, man, I'll, I'll get home early, honey. We'll work all day. And we're still in the kitchen. People are coming. We're sweating. We're trying to put everything together. It takes all day long to really throw a dinner party, right? And then, not only that, it's expensive. It takes a lot of money to actually throw a dinner party. But it also is a lot of joy. There's, there's nothing we enjoy more. And so Jesus says, a certain man was preparing a great banquet. Listen to this. For you and me to be with God, because he wants to be with you. In other words, to be saved, okay, in the Christian terminology, God says, I need to save you from separation from me, and I want to bring you to myself. But salvation, this is so important, salvation is not by any effort of ours at all. All we do, you guys, is simply respond to an invitation. This is so important to understand in this story. The Bible tells us you and I are saved by grace. Grace is a free gift. You are saved by grace through faith, not by work. Now listen to that. You don't do anything to get into the banquet. You can't go, well, can I bring some eggs? Why did I say eggs? Like... Can I, can I help clean? No. Well, well, can I bring you? No. Can I? No. No. Not by works. You are not saved by, well, you don't get into the banquet by doing one cotton-picking thing except say yes to my invitation. You're saved by grace. It's a free gift. You don't do it. Grace is where the banquet says simply partake. Now, here's what's interesting about the banquet, the spiritual thing of getting back together with God. It's his idea, this banquet. People don't ask him for it. He initiates it. He prepares it. He does all the work. He pays all of the expense. And then he sends out an invitation to every one of you. And I'm telling you, you're here today. That means you are getting an invitation with your personal name on it. And God is asking you, Jesus, if he could be here on this stage, he would say, I want you to be with me. Here's your invitation. And just come and receive it. It's all him. Now, here's the other thing that's interesting about this invitation. He says, come, right, for everything is now ready. Now. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6, it's not up here, but listen to this, 6 verses 1 and 2. It says, as God's co-workers, we urge you to not receive God's grace, his gift, in vain. So you're going to receive an invitation today to be reconciled back to God. And now we're, I'm going to urge you as his co-worker, don't receive this invitation like these guys in the story. Don't receive it in vain. He goes, for God says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. And then he says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Is that not good news? That means now you can feast. And this is like pitiful compared to what Jesus is offering us. Many of us think, I, I, I can't wait till I get to get to heaven and be with him. I'll be honest with you, I can't wait either because it's not going to be any of the stuff on earth. But he's saying the invitation you get on August 28th, 2016. And if you receive me, you and I, you get to be with me and I'll be with you every second of every minute the rest of your life. You guys, there is an invitation and it's now. And as we'll see later, it's for who? Everyone. Every one of you, man, are invited to the banquet. All right, let's look at number two. This is crazy because the invitation constantly gets rejected. I'm serious, man. You want to throw a party? You want to fill me up with really good food? You want to provide an atmosphere of joy and dancing and a good time? I'm in. Now, here's what we need to understand in this story. In that culture, there were always two invitations that would go out, sort of similar to us. There was always a first invitation, and the first invitation that would go out would set the date. Okay? Similar, right? I receive an invitation to go to a wedding. Comes in the mail, and it sets the date. Now, the second invitation is the one that we see in the story, is where the, where the master calls the servant, and he says, okay, now go tell everybody that it's ready, that it's actually time. Now, here's what's interesting. So in that culture, in this story, you only go and tell the people that it's ready. You only tell the people who RSVP'd that they were coming. <laughs> See, so just like in our culture, you RSVP. You tell people you're coming. Now, you guys know, man, you've all, we've all thrown parties, right, where people RSVP'd and then they just didn't show up, okay? That's kind of the norm. In this culture, man, if you said that you were coming and then the second invitation went out to you and said, okay, it's time, man, you showed up. So but here, look at what happened in verse 18. They all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I, I just got married. I can't come. Now, here's what you need to understand. The guys sitting around this banquet table with Jesus, when he started sharing this story, everybody started feeling really uncomfortable because they knew in that culture it would have been shocking. You just didn't do this. You do not do this, okay? It was an honor in that culture to be invited, and it was an obligation to come. Plus, you already said that you were. You said you were coming. So when you all of a sudden don't show up, 
it was a grievous insult. In fact, people who study culture, ancient history during that time period, especially in the kind of the Arab part of the world, they would find that if you would say no once you were already said yes and would, would slight somebody, wars would start between people. It was such an offense. And what you also see here is you, you realize all the expense, all the time, all the energy had already been paid. The master had already laid out a spot for you. He puts your name because you said you were coming, and he stuck it right there. And then the person said, I'm not showing up. Thanks for all the time. Thanks for all the effort. Thanks for all the expense. Please excuse me. And what's funny, you guys, the excuses in relation to the invitation are extremely lame. Aren't they lame? I mean, here you have this amazing opportunity, and the guy says, well, actually, I'm, I'm too busy. This isn't really a good time for me right now. Other things, or another thing that these excuses show, there's other stuff that's just more important. You know, man, hey, I just bought this field. This field that I bought for myself is more important than showing up to what you did for me. These oxen that are going to help me, that's more important. This relationship, I got a relationship right now, I'm good. See, Every one of these excuses was simply saying to the master, you're really not that important to me, and I'm not going to show up. Now, here's what's crazy to me that this story reveals about God. He is actually a rejectionable God. You can reject him. He is not a God who's going to make you show up to his banquet. He's not going to force you to do anything. He's going to invite you. And then he allows the decision to be yours. But he's also a very personal God. In the scripture, every time that people say no to God, I mean, you see Jesus and he weeps over Jerusalem. His heart is so broken for people who don't want to be with him. In this story, Jesus says he gets really angry. Now, here's what I just want to ask you. Because Many of us in this room are on this spiritual journey. I think today you showed up because Jesus wanted you to know that he has already paid all the expense. He's already done all the work so that you could be with him. He wants to be with you. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're saying no to God's invitation of eternal life with him. Why? That's all. Why are you saying no to something that is described as nothing but beautiful and satisfying, fulfilling, and this is what he offers us? Is it fear? Is it fear that you'll lose like, I don't know, the guy bought the property, he needed to inspect it. It's like, maybe I'll lose my property. Or, you know, I don't know if my ox will work. Maybe this, maybe, or is it fear that somebody will reject you? I know this is so, if I actually say yes to God and like really bring him into my life and, 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 and follow him, there's people who are going to get really, like, they're not going to like that. And see, what he was saying, I don't care if it's even your marriage. Of course, your marriage is important. But if you're saying no to me because of any other person, is there anything really in your life that apparently is so much more important to you 
or that you believe at your heart and soul is more satisfying than God. Maybe it's just a, a misunderstanding. Do you don't, have you not yet discovered, and this would be a good one, I think this is true for many people, the truth about how good he is. I, I just want to encourage you today, if you're saying no to the invitation, go deep into your heart and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I saying no to God? Now, you know, here's what I, I, I want to help us understand, is what happens here is many times, then people get really frustrated with God. Well, well what's up with God? Why doesn't he let everybody come to me? And it's like, whoa, 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 no, I just want to say, don't get frustrated with God. His, very clearly, his desire is for every person to come. He's like, listen, I'm not even asking you to do anything. I don't want you to try to be religious. I'm not trying you to asking you to clean up your act. I, I know, man, I know your life. I know your struggles. He goes, I just want to be with you so I will pay any expense, even if it means sending my son and putting him on a cross to pay for the penalty of all your sin. Because sin is going to be paid for. It just is. He's a just God. But he goes, I want you so bad that I will go to that expense so you can be with me. I'm not asking you to clean up your act. I'm telling you, Jesus paid for every one of your sins. And if you put your faith in him, we will wipe away your account. You'll be completely free. I will pay the debt of forgiving you. I'll do all the work, Jesus says, on the cross. I will die so you never have to. Now, in light of that, so just, so please don't get frustrated at God. Especially if you showed up this morning, man. I'm telling you, he plans the banquet. He does the work. He sends out the invitation, and he's giving you one today. I just want to be with you. And all I'm asking is that you put your faith in me. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. If for some of you, if you felt far away from God, I just hope you know through this story that Jesus is letting you know. I don't care how far away. You and me, you just say yes to me. You put your faith in me, and we'll be good. I do want to share this really quickly because this was interesting. As I was studying this week, notice how there's a first invitation where people actually say, yeah, right? Yes. But then when the, when the master finally says, okay, then come, they go, uh, no. So here's what I got. I have to say this for us in this room. When he says, come, follow me, and many of us, okay, cognitively assent in our head to Jesus, we hear this thing and we go, you know what? Yes. But as soon as Jesus says, well, then come follow me, we go, actually, Jesus, I'm really busy. And I just want to encourage you. Some of you in here, like, you go to church and stuff, but when it comes to actually following him, you always tell him no. And lots of times it's because, man, I'm in America and I am like uber, super busy Jesus. No, you're not busy Jesus, you're busy Jesus, okay. So, some of us say, you know what, Jesus? I bought some really important stuff, man, and I need to tend to it. It needs my time, it needs my resources, it needs my devotion. 
And so cognitively, you go, yes, man, I'd love to respond to that invitation. But then when he actually goes, okay, then come, we go, man, Jesus, I got this job, and I got these family, and I got a golf game, and I got to climb, and I got, I got so much, man, I'm just, I can't come. And some of us have cognitively assented to Jesus, but when he says come, we go, but man, other people, if I actually follow you, I'm going to get rejected. I just got to say this. You've heard, you received the invitation, you've heard it, but you don't have the heart. You have mental assent, but you don't actually have faith. And I, and I think this is really important, especially in America. Because many of us think we actually believe in Jesus. But we, we have a belief where the Bible says, but if you actually believe, there's actually action to that belief. If you just go, I know that there's a Jesus. James, he goes, well, the demons know that. The, de- the demons believe that there's Jesus and stuff. And they shudder. So I just want to encourage you. I don't want to get to heaven and you go, man, I used to go to K2 and I thought I was good. No, I want you to know that what Jesus says is, is if you actually believe in me, then when the invitation says come, what do you do? What do you do? You go, man. You go to the banquet. Now, you don't work for anything, but you actually have faith. All right? Okay. The rejection, you guys, the last thing he says is it's actually forever. Luke 14, 24, Jesus says, I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. But I just want to say again, don't go, whoa, what's up with God? He's like, I, I, I want to be with you. That's what's up with me. But listen, if you're saying to me, I don't want to be with you. If you're, listen, if you're saying to God, please excuse me, like these guys are, then Jesus just goes, I'm going to honor your request and I will excuse you. Because <laughs> if you don't want to be with me now, believe me, you're not going to want to be with me in heaven because in heaven, like, I really do, like, reign. <laughs> so if you want to be in heaven, you're going to want to be with me now. Do you guys understand this? If you're saying, please excuse me, God, I don't want you, When you die, he will say to you, you're excused. That's all. All right? Man, I'd love to hang out with every one of you at this banquet. I'd love to have your name tag right next to mine. Wouldn't that be cool? I'd love to have every friend that I know feasting in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus says, if you don't accept my invitation, then I'll honor that. So, what does that mean? And let's move on. All right, let's talk about what it means to be a co-worker. Because in 2 Corinthians it says, as God's co-workers, we urge you, don't receive this gift in vain. So what does it mean to be a co-worker? All right, let's close out with the last part of this parable. 
And this is for all of you who are part of the church. All of you who already, you accepted your invitation, right? You're good to go. You're like, man, I'm, a, I'm feasting right now with Jesus. He's in my life. I receive his peace now. I get his joy now. I, he, he leads me. All that. Oh, I, mean, I, love, I love walking with Jesus now. And I can't wait to do it with him in heaven. But here's what he says to every one of us. If you're in the church, okay? If you're actually a Christian today, there is a command of Christ towards you and me. Here it is. It's an invitation, not an order to come. But it's an order, not a suggestion to tell. You've got to understand this. It's an invitation, not an order to come. God is never going to make somebody come. But all you Christians, me included, it's an order, not a suggestion for you and me to tell. We have to understand this if we're going to know Christ. All right? So here we go. Church, we got to understand people don't get to the banquet without us. Number one, you and I, if you're a Christian, you are sent to tell. Luke 14, 17. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. See, we need to understand our place in the story, if you're a Christian, is we're the servants, right? Because the Bible tells us in Colossians 2.6, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. See, that's the whole point. He's God, and I want to run my own life. That's, that's, that's going to separate me from God. When I get saved, that's when I actually get born again, filled with his spirit, I finally get into a right relationship with God, and that is where he actually is the Lord. Because <laughs> that is who he is, Right? And so once you received them, all you Christians, what are you? You are servants. That is what you are. And what does a servant do when the Lord tells him to do something? Whatever you say, right? Well, in this parable, you have been sent by the master to tell. Now look at this, Romans chapter 10. How then can they call, how can people call on the one they have not believed in? How can I do that? How can they believe in the one They've, that they've never heard. And how can they hear without somebody telling them? And how can anyone tell them unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of them who bring the invitation. Can you imagine in that story, all the people just hanging out, and all of a sudden one day they get a knock on the door and go... Dude, you've been invited to the banquet. Thank you. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the invitation. John chapter 20, verse 21 says, as Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Do you guys see this? Come on, I, I just, church, we just need to understand this is our responsibility. Now, we did this whole series because Jesus told us that eternal life is when you know him. And I've been taught, I, I want to know Christ. And again, you only know somebody if you bring that person into your life. That's why we did the behind the closed doors. You've got to bring God into your life. But that's only half of what it is to know somebody. If you're really going to know someone, you have to engage in their world. You have to go and join them in who they are and what they do. And that's when you really know somebody. Now look at this. 
John chapter 12, verse 26, Jesus says, whoever serves me, right? All you Christians, are you servants? Everybody say, yes. yes. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. That's just what, what's Jesus saying? Well, I'm the Lord. If people are my, really my servants, then they follow me. And that means where I am, oh, my servant's there. Because they said, I'll follow you. I'll, do, I'll go wherever you are. Where Jesus is, you are. And I'm telling you right there, the radical purpose of Christ is that every person you know, every person outside these doors, he wants in his banquet. He wants to be with them. So here's my question. Christian, are some of you missing that intimacy that you wish you could have with God? Are some of you not experiencing the freedom you want, the power, the love, the life, the presence? See, could it be? Now, there's lots of reasons, okay? Lots of reasons. But could one of them be because when Jesus is on a search to reach people, and he says, okay, that's where I am. And then he says, I'm, I've sent you to tell, are you someone who says, there ain't no way. That freaks me out. How many of you get freaked out in thinking of being the person to give the invitation to people who don't know Jesus? How many of you freak out? Oh, you bunch of liars. Raise your hands. Because if you didn't, you'd be doing it. I mean, seriously, if you're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I don't want anybody else to taste this, right? I want it all for myself. No, if you taste something great and you love somebody, you go, oh man, you got to try this, right? You go to a good restaurant and the first thing you do to the people you love is, have you been to this restaurant? It was unbelievable. You tell them. But you know what? Many of us, we are too scared. Jesus says, just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then Jesus, and we go, I don't think I can do that. I think Jesus says to us as Christians, okay, but I love everyone you know. And I want to be with them. And you received me as Lord. And I'm sending you. Yes, people don't get to the banquet without the invitation, and he's given it to us to hand to him, okay? So we're sent to tell, and then he goes, and then everybody rejects, right, the invitation? So then he goes on, and then he says he orders us to bring. Look at this, verse 21. It says, then the owner of the house became angry, because everybody rejected, and he ordered the servant Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. See, so the first time, he actually sends us, right? Now the second time, now he's ordering us. And he says, I want you to bring them in. I want you to lead them. Now it's interesting because I think this is actually, uh, re uh, actually true, this scripture. I also think it's metaphorically true. I think what God is saying is, you know what? Listen, if I went out to, and gave an invitation and a person was blind or crippled or lame, even if they wanted to say yes to the invitation, what would I need to do? I literally have to help them up if they're crippled. 
I'd have to figure out a way, and what would I have to do? I would have to bring them to the banquet. If the person was blind, I'd have to give them my arm and say, hold on and just walk with me. I'll bring you. You can't just tell people. You actually have to bring some. And what God is saying is, I'm ordering you, church. I'm not suggesting to you. I'm ordering you. There are people who are so broken and who are so wounded, they can't get to my banquet even though they want to. Now, some are tangibly, physically in need. And that's why at K2, from the day we opened our doors, we said we never want to just be stuck in here for an hour and a half. Right? We want to be a church that's out there. We want to be, have service to those who are in need in our community. We're going to talk more about that in a couple weeks because Jesus orders us to do that. But not just the physical, those who are in need. There are certain people who need us to go out and take them by the hand and say, listen, because in that culture, you guys, if you went, if the banquet was here and now Jesus is going, okay, then go out in the street, go into the alleys. Go to the places where people feel like they're unworthy. And you know, people who feel unworthy, they need help to know you too are invited. Christian, every one of you in here, you are ordered by Christ, your Lord. Go quickly and bring them in. Okay? And then the last one is this. And then he tells us to go out to compel. What happens? They go out to the lame, the crippled, the blind. They bring them all in, and then they go back to the master, and they go, well, there's still room, <laughs> right? There's still room. So he says in verse 23, then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Don't we have a great God? He's not going, man, I, I did an invitation and nobody showed up. <laughs> you know, and sit and sulk. No, he goes, all right, well then, let's go find these people. All right, we did that as much as we can. I still got room. Let's go reach everybody. This is our God. Now, check out this story. You're in the city, and then there's roads. Okay, tell everybody there. Go into the lanes and find the people who are hiding from me. He says, we still got room? Okay, go outside the city now. Go to the roads, which take you to far-off lands. And then he says, the word actually in the Greek is the hedges, the lanes, the far-out little country paths. Apparently, that's where the vagabonds and people used to hang out. Now, listen. If they went out of the city to faraway places, and they walk up to a house and go, hey, here's an invitation to my master's banquet. You know what was the reality? Nobody knew who the master was. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, why would I want to go there? See, if they were in the city, they knew who he was. But once they were outside, people were like, I don't even know if I want to come to the banquet. I mean, I don't know if the food's going to be any good. You know, the band probably stinks. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm busy, man. I got some oxen and some fields. I don't know. But, he, but he, so what does he say? When you go out to the people who are far away from me and they don't know me, you compel them. Isn't that interesting? Now you got to compel them. They would need a lot of compelling. They would need urging strongly. Now, that word can actually mean make them come. But obviously, it doesn't mean you don't force anybody. I want you to think about who do you know who's far away from God? Who do you know right now that just doesn't even know who Jesus is or their view of him is so warped? You're going to actually have to urge them. You're going to have to encourage them strongly. You're going to have to compel them to come. Seriously, here's our job. 
We're supposed to be feasting so much, finding out this is so good that we can't wait to go out and help someone understand. You guys, Jesus is so good. Seriously, you want this invitation, man. He's an amazing man. He's a great host. He throws the best parties. He prepares the best food. Jesus is worth it, man. You do not want to say no to this invitation. Look at this verse. God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, there it is, we implore you, we compel you, we urge you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And I just wanna tell you guys, K2 the church is here for one reason and one reason only. Every person deserves a chance to hear they're invited to a banquet. And we're gonna do everything we can to compel. How do you do it? First Peter 3.15, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Isn't that interesting? How in the world are K2, the church, you guys right in here, who are servants of Christ, who follow him, how in the world are we ever going to have an impact on this community that more people get to know Jesus? The first thing you gotta do is you have to revere Christ as Lord. You have to put him back up where you say, you know what, I do whatever you ask me to do. Good, because I'm sending you to tell people. (laughs) And I'm ordering you to go quickly and bring him in. And I'm telling you to go out and compel. That's what he's telling us. So if you're, okay, then I'm gonna do that. Always be prepared to give a reason, an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, and look at this, and do it with gentleness and respect. There you go. Man, you guys, God has a radical purpose. The purpose is to be with every person forever. And church, we have a radical purpose and it's to be co-laborers with Christ, servants of his, handing out this great invitation. You don't have to make anybody come, nope, right? He didn't even do that. You don't have to make anybody come, but let's make sure every person gets the invitation. All right, as the band comes up, let me just tell you, again, this is why we're here. Can I give you a couple practical steps, (laughs) okay? Number one, Jesus is where I am, that's where my servants are. I love the fact that most people call Jesus, religious people call Jesus, a friend of sinners. If Jesus was a friend of sinners, base level, what had to be true about him? He had to be hanging out with sinners, right? It's kind of hard to be a friend with someone you never hang out with. So here's what we know about Jesus. He was always hanging out with people who didn't believe in him. Isn't that cool? So if you actually are a Christ follower and you're his servant and you go where he is, would anybody, Christian, call you a friend of sinners? Is that your label? Do you hang out? Do you just love people who don't love Jesus? He did. So the first thing you gotta do, man, practical step. Get out of the four walls of our little Christian safe little culture, okay? And get out there and have friends who that he wants to bring to the banquet, okay? That's number one. Second thing, you guys, invite people here. Invite people here. Every Sunday when I'm free, and some of you are here today, our people are here for the first time all the time. For some reason, God has given us the blessing at K2 that this is a place where people come. Invite people here, okay? And give them a chance to hear how much they're loved. And then secondly, I just want to say, the truth is, how many, and then Christian, here's what I want to ask you to do. Don't show up on Sunday for just yourself. 
Don't come in and go, hey, man, I'm going to go to church. I hope Nelson's got a good message. Hope, hope the worship band's good today. You know, I, I hope you, come on, give me something to keep going. We're going we're gonna to try our best, okay? But I want to encourage you. Here's what you need to do if we're going to be like Christ. Pray every Sunday on your way here. On your way to church, pray every Sunday and go, Jesus, who's the one person you want me to reach out to? Who's the one person you want me to welcome today? Who's the one person you want me to say, I'm so glad you're here? Reach out and touch somebody every Sunday, you guys, and we can make such a difference, all right? Okay. Man, he loves you. And man, he loves everybody you know. So we're going to take our last minutes here, and we're going to give ourselves a chance in our heart to respond to God. Whether you feel in your heart, man, Jesus, just say to him, Jesus, I accept the invitation, man. I want you in my life. Or as a follower of Christ, you're saying, Jesus, you're my Lord. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to tell people. I'm going to give them the invitation. All right? So let's all stand. And while we do this, we're going to take our offering. This is our chance every Sunday, right? To just say, God, thank you so much for all that you give me. I can't wait to give it back to you. This is so good for your heart to just not be caught up for yourself, but instead to say, God, I review you as Lord. Here you go. And here, here we are. And then God will take every resource we give him and he'll use it to change the world. All right? So let's worship him in our hearts through our song and let's give him our offering.